0: Join From Beer to the Bible every week as Irvin Lee and co-host Sarah Olivera McDonald warn others of the consequences of drug and alcohol addiction by being the voice of faith-based recovery. Every week, Irvin and Sarah help people get access to the treatment and counseling they so desperately need. They explore the depths of addiction and give practical life examples of how to recover and develop a new rhythm of living. The show is gritty, authentic, and simply raw while being rooted in the love, faith, and hope of God. Welcome to From Beer to the Bible.
1: Okay. Welcome to From Beer to the Bible. I'm your host, Irvin Lee, and I got my good friend and co-host, Sarah with me. Hi, guys. Sarah. And we have Pam, Pastor Pam, as she's known by all of those she's helped in the past. Hi, Pam. Hi, how are you? Uh, we are we're doing well, and we are super excited to have you on the show. Uh, you and I, it's an interesting story. We talked and connected through Twitter. So for those of you out there, Twitter does uh, foster <laughs> meaningful relationships is what we would say. Right, Pam? Yes, it oh. is possible. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I asked Pam and said, hey, what burden has the Lord put on your heart? And what should today's show be titled? And she came up with, stirring the church to have a deep concern for those who are caught in addiction. And when I heard that, I knew that that came directly from our Lord and Savior in and through you, Pam. So that's what we're gonna talk about today. And as we always do, Sarah is going to anchor us in the Word of God.
2: All right, today we're coming from Romans 4.18, which is a special, special verse to Pam in her ministry. And it says, when there was no reason for hope, Abraham believed because he had hope. He became the father of many nations, exactly as God had promised. God said, that is how many children you will have. And before we begin, I wanted to kind of introduce you guys to Pam and a little bit about her background. Dr. Pam Morrison is a pastor who has both led churches and also ministered in the inner city and elsewhere with recovering addicts. As a pastoral counselor and part of healing rooms ministry, she has seen much physical and inner healing. Pam loves ministering overseas and has had a special relationship with people in Cuba for many years. She is the author of Jesus and the Addict, yes. 12, 12 Bible Studies for People Getting Free from Drugs, available in English and in Spanish. Her website is pammorrisonministries.com, and her podcast with Charisma Podcast Network is called Rooted by the Stream. So um, check those out. And without further ado, Pam, tell us a little bit about you and your ministry and how this all got started.
3: Well, I am a, as you said, I'm a pastor. I've been a pastor for, excuse me, many years, um, almost 30 now. Mm -hmm. And I ministered in churches. And then at one point, my husband and I began to plant a church. And one day into that church came six women in recovery and they sat in the back row and I talked with them. And their counselor brought them and said, You know, hey, check out the church. She might want to go to a church. She didn't mean our church, she meant some church. Mm-hmm. And so um, they came back to our church and they came back and they came back. And I fell in love with them. <coughs> Excuse me. I fell in love with them and I just thought, I don't know what it is, Lord, but you're drawing my heart to people in recovery. I had been going to um, Leavenworth to do prison ministry there and had met a lot of women who were addicted in the prison and did Bible studies with them. So God was acting on me and drawing me to people in recovery. I don't have a background of being an addict. Um, I have had a family member who did, but you know, that's not my own story. So this was kind of an unusual thing, uh, something I had didn't see coming, but I fell in love with these women. And mm-hmm. so it, at that point in that little church, that church plant, we were starting a church and these women came in, I um, began to realize that God had a different thing for me. And about that time, we wanted to move back to Kansas City. We were outside of Kansas City and I wanted to move back because we were going to have our first granddaughter. Yeah. And uh, I walked into a grocery store when we moved back to Kansas City and saw some friends. And I hadn't seen them in years. And they said to me, we've been going to this place called the Healing House. And it's run by a woman who once was a prostitute and an addict. Wow. And I said, oh, great. Take me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and my friends started teasing me. He said, We had you at prostitute, right? I said, said, Yeah. So I went to this wonderful recovery, Christian recovery community called the Healing House, which Mm -hmm. is a powerful community. And uh, yes, I was immediately just drawn to the place. And that was probably 2011. And I've gone there ever since and to other recovery communities and been working with people in recovery. And that's how that all started.
1: Pam, I, I, talk a little bit about you yourself not having been in addiction, but working with people who are in addiction and, and how, I guess, what's that like? Because when you told me that when we met and you said, well, oh, no, no, I'm, I'm not in recovery and I don't have a background of addiction. I was like, you may be the first person, one of the few people that I know Without having suffered addiction um, themselves that are actively helping people who, who do struggle with addiction?
3: Yes. Uh, that's a great question because, you know, when I was in the church, and this is kind of where it started, Irvin, and, and why I wanted to talk about this topic of churches having more of a heart for addicts. One of the, well, second to the last church that I served as lead pastor. Um, there was an Alcoholics Anonymous group that came to that mm-hmm. church, but they came, you know, on, on a weekday when no one was around, and yeah. they had a little room down in the basement, and you could go in there and see the coffee tray and uh, <clears throat> see the posters. and uh, smell the cigarette smoke. They weren't smoking in the church, but they just came in, you know? Yeah. And they just had this little cave and they were not a part of the main church. They Mm -hmm. weren't welcomed. And when we would have board meetings, people often would say at the board meeting, do you think we should keep renting this room to AA? I mean, we needed ourselves, and don't we have better uses for this? And so I was struggling with that heart wow. that wasn't welcoming. Yeah, um I understood the fear. I understood the lack of knowledge behind it, but it really bothered me. This wasn't Christ-like. Um, Jesus is a healer for everybody in every situation. So that that kind of prompted me to start. Having a uh, a move and a feeling and a heart for people who are addicted, but you ask me how do I do this and how do I feel at home and how am I able to connect? Yeah, I often hear people say, "Only an addict can understand another addict," and and I get that. Yeah. There's some really significant things that happen that you know you kind of have to have been there to understand it. Mm-hmm. But for the Holy Spirit. Yes. yes, amen. Because when the Lord, yeah, yeah when the <laughs> Lord started drawing me into this, it amazed me because I would go to this place, the healing house, and I would, one of the things they wanted me to do was to do pastoral counseling with their residents. So I would go into a room, the door would close, I would be in there with an addict, a person recovering from addiction, and they suddenly would just start spilling their guts. Yeah. You uh- know, Talking a mile a minute about their life, the things they had gone through, the things they were struggling with. And you will laugh at this, but lots of times they would use uh, words, language from the street. Yeah. And I'd be thinking, what does that mean? Hmm, I'll go look (laughs) that up in my (laughs) my dictionary. (laughs) But they would just talk and I would understand. And it's not me so much as it was the Holy Spirit yeah. anointing me to do this thing. Yeah. Absolutely, so that's that's well, how that happened.
2: We talk a lot about the Holy Spirit in this in this podcast, um, right. and because that's how Irvin and I. I mean, I th- we don't talk about the Holy Spirit enough, and the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, and mm-hmm. it, it really is what brings us true joy, and we want others to experience that true joy, and. Um, I love how the Holy Spirit convicts us, you know, and it, it tells us what to do and what to say and how to be. And so many times in the church, we, we put ourselves in these buckets, you know, on the pulpit, we talk about helping the addict or addiction, pornography, all these different things. But then when people like us go to the church um, with needing help. They don't know what to do with us. And so we really have a passion for for bridging that gap and really yes. uh, opening up to all walks of life, but especially addicts and alcoholics, because we are people just like anybody else. And we just have a thorn in our side, just like any other thorn, um, just like mm-hmm. Paul's thorn. And we talk about it and it talks about it in the Bible. And it's so important to go after the sick because we have been called to disciple all walks of life and all these different types of people and it might be a little more difficult or because we don't some people like yourself don't know or maybe not have experience a lot of people don't want to touch it right so i love mm-hmm. that you listen to your heart and listen to what the holy spirit was telling you and you just went with it because that takes so much courage especially in the world of addiction because so many times people like us are like, oh, she doesn't know what I'm talking about. or yeah. But, you know, knowing a little bit about you, you know a ton about the Bible and you know how to disciple people to Christ. And that's really all it needs. We just need to be a vessel, right? And so mm-hmm. tell us a little. I want to hear a miracle story. <laughs> Do you no. have any? I want to hear a special story about you helping um, an addict or one of these women and how it changed you and, and maybe how it changed her.
3: Mm -hmm. oh my goodness i have so many stories but one that comes to mind right now is there was a woman who went with me to cuba Uh and as you and you the two of you and i have been talking uh i've just come back from cuba and i do a lot of ministry in that nation yeah well on one trip i brought a woman who was in recovery she was at the healing house um And she was showing real signs of of just devotion to Christ, and and she was moving on, uh, gaining strength and insights. And so I brought her to Cuba, and she was still, she had been clean for some time, but she was still smoking. Yeah. And the Cubans are a little more socially uh, strict. The Christians, you know, they don't smoke, they don't drink alcohol. So that was hard for mm. her because that was the one thing left in her life that was mm-hmm. very hard to get rid of. So she would go out across the field and hide out and smoke her cigarettes with a translator. Yeah. But the church was sympathetic to it. They, they said, this God will even break that off from you. Yeah. But we know you're struggling and we know you are growing. And she began to talk to the youth about her life and to tell them what addictions like and what she had been through with meth for 15 years, and wow. other drugs. She now, that was the beginning for her. She now is an amazing minister of God. She's gone to India. She's been preaching there. She's about to go to Thailand to go to the red light district and minister to women wow. that are caught in that sex trafficking. She is on fire. She went to uh, Randy Clark's Global Awakening School.
1: Uh-huh. Oh, so wow.
3: she is utterly transformed. If anyone is in Christ, there's a new creation and she's like the poster girl for that. You know, she's wow. totally brand new. The jail life, the addiction life, it's all gone and she is a marvelous woman of God now.
1: Wow. Well, God bless her. I love that story. And how yes. can we get the church to be more involved with those who suffer from addiction? and more sympathetic and inviting to those of us who suffer from and have suffered from addiction?
3: I think that one of the uh, necessary things is to try and help the church get back to the point that we all are saved by Christ, mm-hmm. not by works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's not that I'm a good citizen, I paid my taxes, I never used a drug, so I'm good but someone else has been out on the street or wherever and has used drugs and they are the one in need of salvation. No, 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 no. We all have fallen short of the glory of God. And yeah. we all <laughs> have gone astray like sheep. Yeah. So every single one of us is a person who's been saved by the death of Christ on that cross and mm-hmm. then by his resurrection. And So if we can bring uh, people in the church back to that. A great story is that story from Luke where the man goes into church and he's praying and he says, oh, I tithe and yeah. I do all these good things. And thank God I'm not like that guy over there. Yeah, And the the guy in the back is humble, a tax, I think he was a tax collector, if I remember the story. And and he's humble. He's saying, Lord, I'm a sinner. Yeah, And Jesus was pointing out, no, they both are and they both need God and so if you can tell stories like that to church people and say hey don't forget the blood of Christ was shed for you also yeah and your sin looks different yeah but it's still sin so we need to understand that we're on level ground in front of the cross and then the second thing aside from reminding people we're not saved by our own righteousness the second thing is to help them have compassion Mm. for what people in drug addiction are bound by and what they go through and the pain and the heartache. And that so many times that addiction came out of suffering and pain and heartache, you know, that the the drugs were used as a self-medication sort of thing. Uh, I know there's lots of reasons people get addicted, but oftentimes there's great pain in people's lives and that addiction came out of that. So, if we can help people to have compassion Mm -hmm. and have compassion for the way in which that addiction changes your brain and your neurology, you really are diseased. I mean, you're really trapped by something. (laughs)
2: Yeah.
3: Very hard to get out of it. Yeah.
2: Well, many times in the church, it seems like, you know, the church waits for people like us to go to the church. And it sounds like God has put on your heart for you to go out into the inner city. So, can you talk a little bit about? what you do and how you do it and how you find the people to help and minister?
3: Well, I kind of done three different things. One mm. one was doing jail ministry and yeah. that's a, a marvelous ministry to get involved with. Um, yeah. I don't know if you know about the Alpha program, but okay. it's a program of uh, explaining the Christian faith to people and, okay. a, and a lot of people go into prisons through Alpha. Sure. But prison fellowship, and there's so many different ways yeah. to get into a jail or prison. That's a good way, and that's one of the ways I've done it.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And the second was this healing house. Uh, I've done so much ministry there, and mm-hmm. it is in inner city Kansas City. So okay, a lot of our a lot of the residents that come there are people who come with just a trash bag yeah. of their belongings, nothing more. And then the third way is uh, the International House of Prayer is here in Kansas City. Okay. And they had what's called a healing room in their recovery community. And so I would go there with a couple of other people every week, and we'd have people come in. And rather than do counseling, per se, we'd simply ask them what their needs were physically and and for inner healing and just begin to pray and minister, lay hands on them and speak words over their lives and do healing. So it's been those three avenues by and large. Um, I haven't so much just walked down the street. Yeah, and done yeah. I love that kind of ministry, but I haven't done that so much where uh, working with these addicts is concerned. Mostly it's been more through recovery communities. Okay. And then what I'm doing with you now, um, and what I do on my own podcast, my own blog, is is writing and speaking over the internet now. This is a wonderful form of
1: reaching hearts. Yeah. So, so that's good. Hey, Pam, would you dispel some of the stereotypes around addiction and those who suffer from addiction? Because A lot of times people have this idea of what the Mm -hmm. addict and the alcoholic looks like. And obviously it doesn't always look like what you think just by looking at Sarah and I, right? So talk about
3: that. Yes, you know, that's been the amazing thing at the Healing House, even though it is in the inner city and a lot Mm -hmm. of people come in who are poor. Yeah. um, There have been, business people. There have been young people from the suburbs with families with lots of money. They're yep. young. They've been old. Uh, there have been people who never had a problem with addiction and suddenly something happened in their 50s and they fell into addiction. You know, sometimes you can have a surgery yeah, and use opioids afterwards for pain and suddenly find yourself in addiction. You can't stop using those pills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, there's all kinds of people. And here's the thing that I've found. They are dear people. Yes. Yes. Maybe they've, you know, they have been addicted. They've broken laws by using illicit drugs, perhaps. Um, you know, maybe they've been involved in other criminal activity, but I have found them to be so lovable. I mean, you know, there's, just so many dear good people that i know that went through this passage in their life yeah and then came out of it and you begin to see the gold you know the the marvelous person that was behind those walls of addiction so yeah it's not the grungy old man in the back alley kind of thing you know that's people from every walk of life men women young old And they are people that it's so worth knowing. And I have found when they find Jesus Christ, they are, oh my goodness, some of the best Christians you will ever, ever
1: meet.
2: And you can meet Jesus over and over and over again in your life. I grew up with Christ and I will never forget the day that I walked back into church after coming home from treatment and hearing that worship song we will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the words of our testimony, and I just cried yeah. and cried and cried, and yeah. that yes. is what it's all about.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, absolutely. Oh, I know, and, and so you know, it's such a blessing when you do, um, you do see the transformation, and you know, I just as a, 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 a to relate this to a Bible story, I, I've had people in addiction say to me you know, how can God love me? I, I've made so many mistakes. Yeah. I've done yeah. so many wrong things, you know, and I, I remember one woman in particular, she really, you know, she, she had a list of how awful she was. And so yeah. I said, well, Hey, let's, let's look at somebody that is worse than you. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I said, let's look at Mark five and the story of the man among the tombs.
1: Mm -hmm. Here's
3: this crazy man cutting himself, howling, can't keep his clothes on, they can't keep him chained up. And Jesus comes and makes a beeline for him. Yeah. Jesus comes for him and orders the the demons out of him and they go into the pigs that run into the water. Yep. And afterwards, this man is sitting at Jesus' feet, clothed and fully in his right mind, it says. And he says, can I go with you? And Jesus says, no. And he sends him back to his own area Mm -hmm. to be an evangelist and bring the good news of Jesus to other people.
2: Yeah, and that's what it's all about. It's uh, so many of us in addiction and recovery feel like God doesn't love us. And all the stories of the Bible, once you start to read and explore them, are such broken people just like we were. And that's what gave me so much hope is, you know, I, I got that seed a little bit when I got sober and it just, the the layers of the onion kept peeling and peeling back and I just was overcome by love and joy and acceptance and hope and, um, yes. and I, I just love that the work that you're doing and just some of the simple tools that you're giving them to really, um, you know, just give them a life of, of freedom.
3: Yes, I, I think sometimes uh, some people may have this image, if they're in addiction, they may have this image of the church as being a a place where there's a lot of judgment. Well, sometimes it has been. Yeah, absolutely. But when they get the uh, true picture that Jesus is love, he he does want to transform us, he doesn't want to leave us where we are, but he is love and he is acceptance. Yeah. Um, It's so marvelous, you know, so and i will tell you this we all need healing my own healing was what i needed is when i grew up i felt encountered a lot of rejection i mm-hmm. didn't handle it by becoming an addict i handled it by becoming a perfectionist uh-huh. ah. and yep. always trying to look like i had everything together mm. and being really uh proper perfect whatever yeah and so i think this was part of the healing plan of Jesus for me that I would go into this ministry with addicts. Yeah. And he has a sense they of humor. would love me and I would love them. Yeah. And I, I always tell people it's the only church where I've been called honey and babe. <laughs> you <know
1: what? laughs> hey, you know what? But it has done <laughs> miracles I can see for you and your healing process. Now yes. I want you to talk directly to your fellow pastors and ministers and church leaders about the importance of working with those who suffer from drug and alcohol addiction. Yes,
3: absolutely. We need to step out. We're not meant to just look at one another within the walls of the church and, continue to celebrate the programs and the things that we do in house. That's Mm -hmm. wonderful. People come to the church and need the teaching. They need the ministry, but there's a whole world outside of us. And Jesus wanted us to go out. The fields are white with harvest. There are people in great pain freely. We've received so freely we need to give. Mm. And the truth of the matter is recovery recovery ministry is not uh, something you need to be afraid of. Mm. You simply go out as a loving person representing Christ, and begin to touch lives that are broken. Begin to tell them the good news. Begin to draw them into the community. Uh, Recovering ministry is not that hard. Yeah, that's what I've been all about is trying to to teach and train and help. With that to understand that it is, it, it, it is a matter of teaching the bible it is a matter of loving people it is a matter of helping them redeem their thinking mm-hmm. yeah and mm, that's good. change their hearts um, but it's something that we can do
1: mm-hmm.
2: i thought i think a lot of it has to do with just fear you know fear of not knowing that population and not knowing how but it's mm-hmm. the same you're ministering the same way you would and discipling the same way that you would with anyone else, you know, you're planting the seed.
1: Yeah.
3: Exactly. And I think it's perfectly okay to say humbly, you know, I haven't done this or I or I haven't lived this life, if that's someone's story, and just say that. I you know, I I feel like God is directing me to do this, but you help me. Give me feedback. You yeah. know, what do yes. you need? How how can I support you? How can I befriend you? How can I come alongside you? You know, teach me. And, uh, you know, it's okay to be that real with with people on recovery so that they know you are sincere and a human being. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It makes me think of a a heart surgeon doesn't necessarily have had to experience a heart attack to be a great heart surgeon.
3: There you go. Well, I, I, and you just reminded me, Sarah, of a pastor, Tim Delina, I believe is his name. Okay. Uh, he used to be at the Brooklyn Tabernacle, I don't, I'm not sure where he is now, but he said he worked a lot out in the street and with street people and and helping people who'd really seen the hard side of life. Mm-hmm. And he said, some, one time someone came up to him and said, hey, who do you think you are? You've never been through all of this. You yeah. know, why are you doing it? And he said he, he was sort of taken aback and he thought, well, maybe they're right. Maybe I'm really out overstepping my bounds. But he said, then he thought about it and he said, Do you think Jesus said to his disciples, Hey Peter, you're gonna help the drunks, so go drink? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, John, you're gonna go help the womanizers, so go commit adultery a yeah. whole bunch. And yeah. uh, you know, James, you're gonna help the thieves, so go rob something, you know. Yeah, instead, he said. Stay here and be filled with the Holy Spirit.
1: Mm.
2: Wow, that was a good...
1: Yeah, inc- you know what, That <laughs> that is good that we're gonna say amen and we're gonna let you take us out. We've got a few minutes left. Let everyone know where they can reach Pastor Pam, talk about your book, where they can buy your book. Uh, this is your time, bless us. All right.
3: Well, my book is called Jesus in the Attic and it is a series of 12 chapters about different things that people in recovery struggle with. Mm-hmm. And it's meant to really help people to do ministry with those who are struggling. But I've found that addicts, their families, people in ministry, everybody has found, their, uh, u- found usefulness out of the book. So mm-hmm. it's Jesus and the Addict. It's on Amazon, but you can find it uh, on Barnes and Noble you can find it in lots of different places. But Amazon, I know, is a primary shopping place, and it's certainly there. And it's in English and Spanish on oh, Amazon. Oh, that's
1: wonderful. That is wonderful.
3: And my website is PamMorrisonMinistries.com. You'll find lots of articles on there on my blog. They are, um, some of them are aimed specifically at people who are in recovery. A, but all of them are for how to grow as a Christian. Okay. And if you want to write me, you can write me at Pam at PamMorrisonMinistries.com. And I'd love to hear from you. I always try to
1: answer everybody
3: who writes.
1: Uh, well, you answered me, and I'm so glad that you did on Twitter. Sarah and I, first of all, would like to say, thank you for blessing all of us who are in recovery, those who you've helped throughout the years to me, it takes an amazing heart to come to those who are most times at the lowest point in their lives. And although you have an experience, you have the heart to help. Yep. And more than anything, when one is suffering from addiction, we need hope. Yep. And you are yes. that ray of light and hope. And it doesn't matter what it looks like and what their experiences have been as long as you continue to give that hope so god bless you and we look forward to having you again on the show thank you thank you so much it's a delight to be here
0: thank you for tuning in to this week's from beer to the bible make sure to tune in next week when Irvin and sarah gift you with even more addiction recovery information make sure to like share and subscribe you can find us on youtube facebook twitter and instagram and remember We're always there for you.